clean, bro. Is this on the track? Is this on the thing? This is a. Uh, Which one I, is this? I had this track. It's I, not. I is it on your? It's on my single. On the recent one? Not not the recent mixtape. Oh, uh, bro. This is part of like the weekly singles. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let's do this again. Very All right. Experimental. Okay. Okay. My signature. <laughs> oh shit, bro. Oh, that's just me. That's my fingers. You are now tuned with the next one up. They want to pass the torch, so I'm lit one up. <clears throat> Marathon running 26 with a pair of thongs, aka my flip flops. This hip hop, the time is now. I don't need a goddamn wristwatch. Tick tock, yeah, yeah. Aiming straight for the tip top. It's either that or I stay the same. Never changing lanes and I drip drop. Hold up, gotta make a pit stop because your boy can't do it alone. Rolling with the family from Los Angeles to Alaska down a hilltop. Ooh. And I go so hard. When I put it on wax, and I ain't that man to tell you that unless I knew it for a fact. Keep the contracts away from me, my pen contacts, my paper seat. Contrast that make believe in compact, the fakest dreams. Call that the way to freedom. I combat that statement needed and repeat it, cause this rapper ain't for sale. Mom and dad, if you listening, I hope you keep your cool. But I decided in the meantime, I ain't going back to school, cause I'm out here grinding. Hey. What? Zuko, we out here grinding. Hey. Yeah, that's how the song basically goes. Hey, 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 hey. Queen is grinding. Get him, get him, get him. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Made to LA, we out here grinding. Hey, hey. There we go. Hey, cool. <laughs> Do I pause it right now? You pause it now? Okay. Then that's the next song. Cool. <laughs> Word. MC Zuko, Most thanks for sharing. Man. Yes. Give me pleasure. a little background about that song. A little bit. Oh, man. Okay. So I was going through beats on airbit.com. Airbit.com. Yeah, Airbit.com. Okay. I totally recommend it for artists that are trying to find like leases to beats that they can rap on and put on like all streaming platforms. So the name of that beat is called um, Mafia 36. And the producer of that is Blue Magic. He owns like this whole producer group that makes all these beats. And Mafia 36, the song of the, the name of my song is called Dawn Season. So I related, okay, the beat name is Mafia 36, Mafia, there's a Dawn. So the song is gonna be called Dawn Season. And the reason why it's called Dawn Season is because every season of the year, four seasons of the year, I dedicated myself to the mentality that I have to be a boss in everything I do. Of course, humbly, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm better than everybody around me, but it's like, I want to reclaim my mentality of that self-hatred, the mm. feeling like I need to work for someone else and just be enslaved to someone else. And like, no, this is me taking ownership of what I'm gonna do and what I wanna do. And that's all four seasons of the year, dawn season. Mm. Yeah. And telling my parents, I'm not going back to school until this happens, so. <laughs> so, so, so from that perspective, I was just actually gonna talk about that specific line. Yes. Are you saying going back to school for grad school? Mm -hmm. Like that? Yes. Was that a vision that they had that they wanted you to do? Um, the, the, or my, was it in your, in your mind, in your plan before? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the thing is I joined, I graduated with Asian American Studies last year, 2017. Shout out from where? From CSUN, Cal State North. Hey, right here. Hey, we're here. We're here. We're doing an interview right here. Okay. So, um, Asian American Studies, I actually planned to go to grad school, but um, I was so burnt out from undergrad at the time that I just couldn't see myself going to school the same year or the year after. So, I decided to mess around with music, and the music part was something that was I was just doing on the side, and I started to find out I could started to believe mm. that I could really do this. Mm. So that's when I was like, you know what, maybe 
I should push graduate school later on because what if I want to do this music first, travel America, tour, visit like multiple Philam communities around America, see how we're the same, see how we're different, then possibly come up with some kind of thesis after that and go back to mm. grad school. Because like I had that preconceived notion that people that go to grad school have to be young, but I've seen people that were like 50s, 60s going to grad school. So I was thinking, why not take this music career to the next level, see what I could do with it, gather information and experiences all over America in multiple Philam communities and possibly come up with something. But like that's like what I'm aiming for. It's not like I'm going to do that. It's that course plans always change just mm. like how i did right now <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah that's what i'm going for interesting so you're still on somewhat of a trajectory of using your experience in Finland community for a thesis yes interesting yes, yes, yes why did you have the dream or the plan to go to grad school before are you were you thinking of going becoming professor doing certain work research what Yes, yes. Um, I wanted to become a professor. Uh, that, that was the initial intention of me joining Asian American Studies, other than, you know, uh, giving me an identity and finding how to cope with racism in this country. Uh, I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to just be in a classroom, teach, be funny, you know, <laughs> to make sure the students do their work. Like, you know, because the way the professors show um, how they um, guide us in the classroom it looked it looked fun and I could see mm. myself just talking all day about stuff and mm. having the kids go out in the communities and whatnot but um, yeah that's what I wanted to do until I found out that you know hip-hop was like I could do the same thing but I could do that without working in a institution it's uh-huh and of course there's nothing wrong with working yeah, in an institution yeah, but it's yeah. like I could freely design how I maneuver my career mm. in music. So rewind a little bit of, to a while ago, you were saying you started to believe that you could do this, mm -hmm. right? When did that start happening, especially in terms of the music? Oh. And then how did that start happening? Oh man, how did I believe? Oh, shoosh. Because you were saying that that's in the kind of the, in the end right. of your of your like academic journey, which was like last year, and that's mm -hmm. when you started like seeing that. Because you were you just said you're doing it on the side, mm -hmm. and then you started thinking to pursue it, and then that's when you started believing that you could do it. Yes, well. yes, most definitely. Uh, it had to have been after releasing my first EP last year, um, but the belief level I didn't always have it inside of me. It was unlocked when I did PCN for CSUN mm. Fossa. Shout out to CSUN Fossa. Hey. And um, ev that, that cast was like, uh, we were very spot on. I don't know if it was because it was my first one or because like, it was just that great or maybe both, but everyone believed in each other in that cast. And it led me, at the same time, I was like tinkering with music. This I, is your freshman year? This is my last year, my, my fifth year. Oh, so yeah. it was you didn't do when I did PCN. So you didn't do PCN before that? No, I, I have a whole journey to, to tell you, but... Okay, but, okay, yeah. let's go, let's go. <laughs> but um, skipping over through the entire yeah, college yeah, yeah. experience, um, my last year, my graduating semester, uh, spring 17, I did PCN for the first time. And... Oh, so that was... That was when I was seeing all your... The stories? Yes, yes. Wait, oh, you, well, no, that was the stories? second time. That was the second time, yeah. Oh, that was this okay, year. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That was this year. Okay, yeah. so that first year. That first year, 
uh, like I, uh, coming back to what I said about the cast believing in us, um, believing in each other, at the same time I was crafting my side time EP, so on the weekdays I would do PCN stuff, on the weekends, Oh, oh, that was that was crazy. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got that magic. Hey, that was sick. Queer power, bro. Queer power, man. I'm here. I'm here, here bro. Salute, salute. <laughs> Damn, that was intense. Anyways, what was that? <laughs> the so, PCN. We, yes, PCN. Yeah. Okay, so weekdays and weeknights, I would we would practice PCN from five to like hella late, maybe twelve, one, two. Weekends, I would go to the studio. And I went to the studio maybe once or twice a month because I didn't have a lot of time, money, energy, uh, belief level. But I was just tinkering around. And I used the, the what, how do I say this? I can't put in any other better terms than saying kapwa. Mm. Like that energy that I was getting and giving back from PCN, I was putting it into the studio on the weekends. Mm. And once I released it, in the end of, like after PCN was over, which gave me a huge fields. Like I was in my fields the whole time. Uh, I released the EP along with music videos to each of the songs. It's a six song EP. And I shot all the videos of my cousin Jamar. Great videographer, by the way. Mm. I think I've seen him tagged. Yeah, you, you, okay, you, you, I'm pretty see, sure yeah, you have. Pop tagged. Yeah. <laughs> just Jamar, just Jamar sheets. So this is shot by Jamar, right? Yes, yes, so. yes, yes. All the time, everything cool, I have. Cool. Um, so he's our cousin cousin he's like my cousin, cousin cousin he's my first cousin <laughs> yeah our dads are brothers and yeah. our dads are very similar but anyways <laughs> so we the six song EP contains music videos and it tells a whole story about like me uh, feeling like very doubtful about myself but towards the end like the fifth music video um, there's a skit there I'm not gonna tell you how it goes you might you know you watch it for yourself but I, I ended up feeling like I was ready to do it. And then after I released it, I didn't know how, I didn't, I didn't care about the, you know, the reaction or how people would respond to it. I just wanted to release it just to see, show people that, yo, this is what I've been doing during PCN, now it's out. And everyone, I don't wanna say everyone, <laughs> but a lot of people were telling me that, yo, this is great, this is cool, this is authentic, it's real, you know, good start. Like, good start, I could see you going places. And then after that, it just made me realize, like, damn, maybe I should check this out a lot more. Let me go in this area more. And that's what brought me here, so. Where, when did you start writing music? Ooh. Like, at raps? Ooh. Like, when is this? Because you didn't just start during PCN time, Almost right? Yeah. yeah, and then how did you get into that process of even going to the studio with, like, this set of folks writing and stuff? You know, I just love the way you ask the questions and how you just <laughs> know what to, you know how to bounce back after everything. You're, like, you're making me, you're provoking my thoughts right like, now. Don't, don't compliment <laughs> me, just answer the question. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Um, you said how did I start writing yeah okay I think like writing seriously or just writing to write like just let's start writing. writing to write just writing to write and then how because that's that transitions into the writing seriously because I see the flow from just this first piece yeah. right I see the flow I see the writing I see the craftsmanship right yeah. that started somewhere yes, right and what's the, where did that start from because you just told the story right of the PCN and getting that confidence mm. but you already had that skill built before that yeah yeah, uh, yeah so where did that start from okay um well a lot of the i feel like a great song can be written when you have when it's coming from the heart when it's coming from uh an honest place and my whole life 
Um, I've always aimed to do the right or honest thing, if it was bad or good. I, I stumble a lot, many times, but uh, that's where a lot of my, uh, uh, a lot of the heart in my lyrics come from. But the first thing that I wrote, now that I think about it, that, now that you mention it, um, my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Lula, he had us write a four sentence poem that had to rhyme. And then like each word in the end, like the first and second sentence had to rhyme. And then the third and fourth sentence had to rhyme. So A-A-B-B. Yeah. <laughs> so then we, and we had to use like a vocabulary word. So I was just, you know, messing around. This is a 2003 or four. And this is around the time when Eminem and, and G-Unit was like on the top, you mm, know? Mm. So, and my uncles, my, my uncles, my dad, everyone, my aunts, would listen to hip hop at the parties. Oh, like, word. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was first attracted to like West Coast, like Snoop Dogg, Tupac, and all that. And in fourth grade, I wrote a poem. I wrote it, I was like, all right, let me, let me just take it around. I forgot what it said, but it, it, it had to do with like thin ice. I forgot what the vocabulary word was too. I said, go your powers, go your powers, <laughs> yes. That's, we have that's to do that every yeah, that's, cool. that's fine, man. That's cool. That, that's, that's value production. That is value production. Okay. It's actually on purpose to get our um, bodies moving. Yeah, yeah. So we can, right? you know, put our arms, throw rap hands real quick oh, and what, throw interviewer hands. hands and stuff. Okay, so. Um, thin ice. Thin the ice. first, yes. Thin ice, yes. I said something, something skating on thin ice. Nah, 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 it's not really nice. No, 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 something that rhymes with four. And I said, Mr. Lula, please give me a four. Because that's a full score. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great school is numbered. He, what he did was he read it to the class. Mm. And then I, I think that's the first time I believe like, oh, maybe I could be some kind of rapper. No, but then like throughout the years, uh, the next thing that bumped up like the writing part was... Um, uh, he brought a rapper to class. Same Word. teacher. Yeah, he brought a rapper to class, um, like a local rapper. He was, um, it's not like a you know, big, like big famous rapper or anything, but he was, he, he had bars for a fourth grader. I was a fourth grader. I'm like, damn, this guy. So he had, to, he gave him like vocabulary words and he had to put them in a rhyme. He was like, I'm gonna give you these three words, da, 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 put that in a rhyme. And then he would do it and that just amazed me. And then ever since then, you know, in high school, I like making people laugh. I'd say, give me three words, give me three like, random phrases they give me like barbecue sauce uh cemetery and pitchfork and then like i would put that in a rhyme i would write in class and then tell them in nutrition or lunch <laughs> and then i loved seeing the reactions because you know as phil lambs we like to fuck around and joke yeah, around yeah. so i would write like the corniest but funny and cleverest yeah, shit yeah. and that just made me feel like whoa i, I really got some kind of flow uh -huh. and then what really refined that was when kendrick lamar came out i first heard him with swimming pools I'm sorry, am I talking too much? No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, like, go. Because I, I also want you to talk. No, no, go, all right, bro. All right, all right, just... all right, all right. All right. <laughs> My bad, I'm sorry. No, I, I'm good at interrupting, so don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so what really refined that was uh, Kendrick Lamar, the first song I heard from him was Swimming Pools, and this is when I was feeling like Tyga was the best rapper in the world. So, but were you writing during that time between that first, like Eminem, like exposure rapper to Kendrick, that's a big jump from 2003 to 2004 to swimming pools. Were you writing raps during that time, or were you just doing that little funny stuff? Yeah, at I was just, just funny stuff. You never wrote like I verse. Never wrote verses. Mm. I never wrote songs. 
I guess. Oh, are, are you? Well, but were you listening? You were listening to. Like, I was Eminem listening because yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Because okay. I was like, man, how do these guys like rap like that? And mm. then like just me rapping like Eminem, and then like all the greats like Nas, Tupac, Biggie, Kendrick Lamar, J Cole, Lauren Hill. I just started to pick up like how they rap and like where they go in the beat. Mm. And that's how I got my flow, but I didn't know how to like what to write. I was still talking about like you know stupid high school stuff in my raps. I'm pretty sure we've all we've all been there. Of course, you know I don't. Yeah. Bro, I have poems and raps yeah. from like high school, and I read it. I'm like, bro, I would lose my job. Yes. My <laughs> yes. Oh my god. god. Bro, like, this is so bad, mm, embarrassing, mm, so mm, fucking like mm, degrading to it's, women. It's and, like, like you're so like what the fuck? Your masculinity showing a little bit too much. Like, you're way too much. On, How many girls you been with though? None. And none. I was, yeah, I get the girls. I none. 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 That's just how it was, man. I know those are fucking hidden on my computer forever. Yeah, bro, I have a notebook of them. I read them to this day. I'm like, this is not Asian American yeah. study movie, bro. Like, not at all. Oh my god. We. I want to be honest, but l let's not be too honest about this or anything. Okay. No, let's be honest about. Let's be honest about it, but I don't have to read it. Yes, 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 yes. I'm. I'm not gonna say those raps again, but I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't write. Okay, and then so what happened when Kendrick Lamar? Oh, when Kendrick Lamar came out, it kind of restored my. Well, not restored, but it. I was like, whoa, this guy's. I've never heard someone like him before, and it made me dig deeper into like hip-hop and like real what people would say real rap I, mm. I don't like using that term but uh lyricist there we go mm, and mm. i was like wow um maybe i should start writing something and then like my frat my fraternity shout out to alpha cyro season alpha cyro beta chapter um <laughs> they at our parties when we get lit we would just have random freestyles mm. and our chant is actually we have like some wu-tang bars in there so our fraternity is very big on hip-hop and that's what made me started like rapping more and more and more but i didn't really write a song up until like my soft well not like a full song but like like a rewrite like writing something just something until like 2015. word yeah. that was what your sophomore year and that was my um, Junior year. Junior year. My junior third, year. Your third year in college yeah. is when you started actually writing a rap. Mm -hmm. Bro, yeah. that's hella fucking recent. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. When I hear it back, I'm like, mm. When I started seriously writing mm. was uh, last December. I started what writing. was the shift into like, quote unquote, serious writing? Um, because the EP that I put out, um, it was only on SoundCloud and Datpiff, so it's free download. Um, the beats weren't fully mined, they were like YouTube rips. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and they were MP3, they weren't like the stems and whatnot. So when I got, the shift to the seriousness is when I met my manager, and he's from New York, so we have completely contrasting mindsets of what music and how our careers go but it's the same grind the same animal i'm very like reserved and you know i don't like talking about myself a lot like say i'm the shit like all that and i'm very like family oriented and i'm like i don't put money over the, the art he doesn't either but he understands that in order for us if we want to if we want this career to happen 
we have to be monetized. Well, we have to be monetized. Ew. <laughs> Let me not say that. Let's monetize our creativity mm, and create mm. careers out of it without losing any type of integrity or like, you know, kind Putting of like our souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's make something because we deserve it. Let's not do it to get money. So there's a difference there. But yeah, that's that's. So that happened. shifted meeting that manager shifted your like work ethic and grind to do it seriously yeah, in terms yeah. of your writing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he he. I always had the grind. But he really focused it and channeled it towards like, stop doing all this because you're doing this. Let's just do this and go hard at just that. What was the other thing when you said don't stop doing this? What were those other things? The other things were going going back to YouTube and getting beats that weren't mine or not mm -hmm. even at least leasing, mm -hmm. you know, still releasing music on just SoundCloud and DatPiff instead of all streaming platforms. Um, not getting putting myself in the mentality that if I keep doing this, I'm not, if I keep doing this for free without trying to get some kind of, uh, try, not without trying to make it some kind of career for myself, then I'm gonna end up not, I'm gonna end up not getting, I'm spending more for it as opposed to getting an ROI. And of course, mm -hmm. it's not like, I'm not trying to say money is everything, but I do want to make this a career. Mm -hmm. you know? And also, um, yeah, like, yeah. It's such a hard thing with creativity and monetizing. Yes, it. yes, yes. Because we we have such a contrasting uh, paradigm, like especially within our culture. Great power. Great power. <laughs> within our culture, I wrote this tweet one time when I was saying like our nanas, lolas, and titas want us to sing at family parties and pay us but do not want us to do any creative career. Yes. It's like anak go sing but be a singing doctor mm. like that mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. there's there's like a a, a barrier especially within filipino culture yeah, yeah. of like yo you can be very creative play piano do all that but do this technical job yeah right because it's not yet within the collective paradigm yes, yes. that you can be a professional within the entertainment career yes and it's, it's only like one or jasmine trias or like uh who else who's that like whoever made it popular on american idol right mm -hmm. that's the only ones but it's not something jasmine that's really legitimized yeah right yeah. there and i think we we should legitimize it yes that's why i do like seeing people on the grind and i encourage it and i like and especially you've already graduated college right so it's not like you're dropping off college and pursuing it outside of that yes, right yes. not to diss on people who do that of course right of course. but of course you got to get the degree, degree for lola yeah right that's the reason why that's the reason why i got the degree you know like, i'm like all right yes. i can i can talk myself out of it with tata and yeah, work and yeah, shit but yeah. lola really wants it so yeah yeah let me just finish this <laughs> have to have to can you do this next track? Oh yeah. Okay. Play, play. <clears throat> okay. Let's get this bounce. Let's go, let's go. Alright. <coughs> mm. Gotta let it breathe a little bit. Okay. Okay. This one's called Listen. Producer. Producer Blue Magic. Yeah. Yo. <clears throat> Yo, let me talk to you, yeah? Uh -huh. Listen. 
Whatever you want to do, you can accomplish it But you can't do it alone without a few accomplices Turn your talent to practice and then you polish it Whether you in the block or studying at them colleges Cause we too strong to be kept in as mental hostages We shine too much to not be showing our prominence Tupac said to keep our heads up and I'm fed up Cause our heads down all on the ground just like a bunch of ostriches I don't do this for the awards or the acknowledgements Or to brag about adding to my achievements and accomplishments If motherfuckers are on the way then I'm busting out the hockey sticks uh. That's the goal right there <laughs> The fruits of my labor, I savor my antioxidants Nourish the body, nourish the mind, nourish your soul Your life will flourish in time, have purpose You ain't worthless, we deserve this Yeah The clock is a time bomb ticking down to our doom It's a lifelong reminder that we going down soon It don't only tell time, it shows how much time we got left Unaware that it's passing, take for granted what we spent And here's my two cents, pay attention, listen Pause Uh that's the next okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Tell me your process when you write your tracks. Man, there's like a whole behemoth of methods that I go by. So mm. what I would like to do is first, the message that I want to convey. Um, I had to think of that first. It might take like a minute, an hour for me to come up with it. It might take six months. It might take a year. But what I do is like whatever message I want to convey, let's say a, a, a topic could be like... Um, why don't we why don't we dissect this one okay yeah okay. we can dissect this one so i was listening to the song i was trying to get a i was trying to get a feel for it and whatnot and then um what i did was i'm really good at uh rhyming like multi-syllabic words so like accomplishments acknowledgements ostriches you know whatever and whatnot so i just started writing a bunch of words that rhyme with what was the first thing? Whatever you want to do, you can accomplish it. Okay, accomplish it. Or I'm sure accomplish it. Accomplices. Turn your talent to practice and then you polish it. Whether you in the block or studying at them colleges, we too strong to be kept in as mental hostages. So all those words that I come up with and then uh, Philams, like, you know, or Filipino, Philippine people in general, we're very corny, cheesy jokes. I'm just going to keep saying that, bro, because it's true. People, people say that corny doesn't go a long way. It does. Bruh, goes a it, long it takes intelligence way. to deliver puns right in the moment. Exactly. Because you have to be present in the moment mm -hmm. and just analyze what yep. is there Yo. and find the opportunity. And it slaps people. Yo. They don't even know. They don't, they know don't, don't, don't want to laugh, yeah. but they laugh. Yeah, yeah. And then they laugh disappointingly, <laughs> but they laugh. It's another layer, bro. It's another layer that people don't even realize, bro. Why is it only oh, dads who get it? Because they go through the wisdom of life. Mm. It's called dad jokes because of wisdom, bro. Why we titos, bro? Mm. <laughs> you just... I've been thinking of it for so oh, long. You just, you just ripped my brain out mm. and said everything that mm. I feel. Multi-layers, bro. That's... that's that's facts right there, but yes, you have to be corny, you have to be intelligent to some degree to be corny, and then all these words that I rhymed, I just found out a way to connect them. Oh, so in this case, you had the I had all the, the words, words that rhymed, first, and then you and then I around and I build around it. That so was like one, one way. That's one mm. method. Another method could be like I uh, think of a message. I start writing already, maybe without a beat. And then I go out and find a beat that triggers oh, the same emotion. So, or I could listen to a beat, it triggers an emotion, and I just start writing there. So you've done that method where you've written something already and you had to find a beat for it. Yes. 
Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Interesting. I've yeah. never written that way. Yeah, there's there's multiple ways, and you just gotta find the one that suits for you. Yeah. How do you kind of uh, decide that? All right, I like this. This is this what I've written. This is gonna be final already, Ooh, and you're man. not changing up. That there's like so many ways. Okay, so if to me, it's like a feeling. Like once you once you write it, and then you you keep saying it i know i like it for sure when i don't have to look at the notebook and i've just been reciting it reciting uh, it that i know the words uh. but if i don't know the words and i'm just listening sometimes i have to be like okay it doesn't sound good here maybe if i record it and i hear it yep. maybe it'll sound good like dawn season i wrote it i'm like i don't i have the flow but i don't know if i'm gonna sound like aggressive because i'm not an aggressive person but then when i recorded it i was like oh i sound like that okay let me add more aggression here and here and here and here and then i was like oh now it sounds good so i never know i might like it in my mind but that's something else compared to when i write it that's something else compared to when i record it and that's something else compared to when i'm hearing it again i'm like okay maybe i don't like it here let me let me change the beat up let me change this part let me add this mm. yeah so it's I, like going with the flow and the feeling yeah of what is yeah. right yes and yes. deciding once you get that feeling that it's right you let it go yes like yes this guy's lying though he said he's not an aggressive person have you heard oh, on, oh, my, God. You say, oh my god that's the song that's the i was like what the fuck? oh my bro i was in the philippines when i heard that song <laughs> for the first time and i was like what the fuck? i got up from my chair and i was just yeah, bro. <laughs> intensity there's that intensity the energy is caught in it like for some folks that thank do not you. know this guy goes off putang in a fucking track had in song bro had it was dope it was dope that one that one's crazy <laughs> uh what's this called the way that you rap i remember i was talking to a homie and then he legit said oh this guy this guy listens to a lot of Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Eminem, true? M Is that true? Yeah. I listened to all of his albums, including Revival, Kamikaze. You know, mm. a lot of people didn't like Revival. The but, recent ones? Uh, yeah, the recent ones also. But his, his old ones, of course, classics. But Eminem is definitely one of my top um, MCs of all time, artists of all time. Who are your other influences, top artists? Ooh, there's, there's a lot. And it doesn't even, it's not even strictly just in hip hop. There's like a lot of genres. Like, first of all, my parents. My parents are the, the, the best singers in the world to me. Oh, really? Um, they sing? Yeah, they sing. So I got a lot of just like how to groove with music from them. Uh, and karaoke, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's uh, Eminem. What do they sing, though? What do they say? What's their go-to stuff? My way. Oh my gosh. All right. So my dad listens to, a, uh, he sings a lot of Ray Valera, Freddie Aguilar. Mm, okay. Um, let's, 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 let's Does he be jamming on the guitar at home? No, I wish. I Just wish mainly he was his mic. His, his voice is the instrument. Oh, okay. Yes. And oh. his personality when he sings it. I got, like, my swag <laughs> is my dad's swag. Yeah, yeah. My heart is my mom's. Uh, my, yeah. So uh. my mom sings a lot of MYMP. She sings uh, a lot of Regine Velasquez, Sharon Cuneta. Um, yeah, and damn, um, the family parties be popping. Huh? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when we drink, like man, we're on that mic all night. It's, it's fun. It's fun. I, I know you've been through some of those too. So <laughs> it's like you realize that it's your voice. You realize 
two hours later, you're just screaming the songs. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> like when, when you okay. watch the recording, we still good. We still good. <laughs> like when you watch the recordings, I'm like, damn. Yeah. Or maybe it was a little too loud. Man. I don't even know. That's not even the lyrics to the song. <laughs> now at the end of the road. <laughs> off key, off I can tempo. reach it. I can reach it this time. <laughs> yes. So and what other music? Um. Like what has influenced your sound that you would oh, say? Oh yes, okay, so, well of course, uh, I can name like various hip-hop artists, but I, I, I actually want to name some of the people that a lot of people wouldn't expect me to have influences from in terms of music. So of course there's my family, a lot of OPM, uh-huh. um, I listen to... All these like 70s and 80s like you know bgs eagles uh madonna um that that entire era the 70s and 80s i'm really big on as well mm. and those are really good they give off the same karaoke vibes as like the opm songs mm-hmm. um watch yeah it. i feel yeah. opm is stuck in that time or is very heavily inspired by the ballads of that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very interesting yes it's vi- it's a uh, it's it's toxic yo yeah. it's, it just it's just it hits it the soul it, it hits right the there. it hits the romantic side of the filipino soul mm-hmm. that we don't want to admit like as phil ams i feel there's a certain level of like like bogey boy mm-hmm. right? it's just yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. hey what's up yeah man? and i gotta admit i was i was one of those yeah. people before and then yeah. you listen to the fucking opium and you're, oh shit yeah that's one of them that's one of the first ones that i learned yeah. about <laughs> so yeah opm opm is uh something that it, it, it lives in our household everybody mm. everybody loves opm so. so you grew up in a very like musical household yes very musical very musical and yeah oh how has the conversation been with your parents and the transition to you pursuing music like hard okay so here's the thing uh i had a curse about every time i told my parents about what career i wanted um i would never go after it so the thing about me is every time i tell them hey i want to do this and i would switch my major i end up not falling through with it like at first i'm like when i was going to uh oh good it's good it's good just check when i was in high school i wanted to be a nurse pharmacist and I would tell my parents that, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna major in bio, biochemistry when I go to CSUN. Went here, I did that. I'm like, no, I can't. So then I told them, you know what? No, I'm gonna be an environmental biologist. Switched my major again, and then I ended up not doing it after like a year. And then I was like, no, let me do accounting. I would tell them, accounting. Oh no, I'm gonna go into business. Oh wait, no, actually, never mind that. I wanna be a, um, a I wanna be a professor now. And then this one time. I told them that, uh, no, I didn't tell them I wanted to be a rapper this time. And from that time, from PCN all the way up until, I guess, like, I think maybe uh, late last year, um, when I already had my EP out and they watched it and they loved it because they're also- Oh, they watched all the videos? They watched all the, I, I told them to watch all of them. And seeing their faces, you know, like, believing that I can do this and seeing that they love what they heard um that's when i said hey you know i have the video too of me telling my parents Mm. i had to record it and i was like i'm gonna be a rapper and then they just they they said cool 
if you want to do it, just are you are how are you going to make money and all this? Of course, they're going to ask those kind of questions. I was like, yeah, I know, um, I will. Uh, it's just not in the time right now, because I do understand that in order for me to get to that kind of uh, place, I have to put in a lot of investment, energy, time, money, and just my entire being into it right now, which comes with a lot of sacrifice. Because the music career and tradition of Philippine families is completely in two sides of another spectrum. But I told everybody in my family um, what I wanted. Uh, and I had to do it. I had to make sure I showed them the EP first for them to see, okay, he's not just talking this time. And then now they, every, every, every time I talk, I can have a normal conversation with them about like music and what I've been doing. And it opened up a lot of avenues because I would... Um, I would like, you know, I would question my dad about like, like infidelity, why some of the things he did. I would, I would ask my mom about, hey, do you ever feel depressed sometimes? Because I do. Mm. Um, mm. Do you ever feel like you hate yourself, this, that? Uh, why did you get married? Why are we Catholic? Do, we, do you really believe in God? We don't go to church all the time. I asked these questions after I saw that telling them about hip hop, it kind of opened th these dialogues more. Wait. Yeah, I know. It's very important. Okay. What, expound a little. Why do you say that this was able to over, open the avenue to even talk to your dad about infidelity? What was that process like? What okay. do you mean through hip-hop? Like, okay. Because um, I was under the impression, I was tripping myself out because I felt, I was telling myself, if I tell them I'm going to do music, which is why I didn't tell them, they're going to tell me no because of that, that stigma about the creativity and arts in our community. I put my parents in that box. I put my entire family in that box. But of what? What box? Of thinking the box that they'll of say thinking no. that they would say that, mm -hmm. and that was unfair for them. So that's why I decided to put in the work. And me, like I was holding it for like a year and a half, or maybe a year, maybe two years, because I wanted I wanted to be a rapper in like 2016. I wanted to do music in 2017, but I wanted to be serious in 2018. But in 2016, Kuya Power, Kuya Power, yes. In 2016, I kept it from them and until I released my material. But back to your question, when I, when I, that two years of holding that secret, after telling them and then seeing the way they respond, not react, but how they responded to it, I felt like I could tell them anything after that. Mm. I felt like I could ask them anything. And when I do, they answer back, they at like a normal conversation. And I can tell, and I can see that it's still a little uncomforting for them, but I can see that they're seeing that I'm making these sacrifices and what I'm, my heart is in its good place, that they, if their son is doing all this, they want to make sure that every time I ask them something, they at least give me the, they give me the answer that I deserve or not. Interesting. So do you think the, um, that, for example, I'm just taking this specific example of infidelity, right? That was not talked about before because you didn't ask or because they didn't feel that they wanted to, like you weren't at that level of communicating it to you because they haven't seen your grind in this sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which came first, chicken egg? Yeah, the yeah. asking or like what was the roadblock before? The roadblock before? My parents, they're, they're, 
they want to make sure they're great parents um they're great parents and they wanted to make sure that when they were raising me my brother and my sister that everything was all right they wanted to hold a lot of secrets if they have any i don't want to assume they wanted to hold a lot of things a lot of the emotions they had culture of silence and try to make sure that we were raised the best that we could be and they did a great job at that but now i'm here like hey let's stop that let's talk now mm. but what came first was yeah i feel like they didn't feel like i don't even want to think for them i mm. feel like i just didn't want to ask because it was such a touchy subject not e not just for them but for for us because it's like there was a point where i felt like i'm not gonna see my dad anymore i'm not gonna grow up with my dad anymore maybe i should bring it up okay he's back maybe i shouldn't say anything oh uh, i shouldn't talk about it but growing up i started to find my own answers and everything worked out we're talking a lot more so. Mm, so a lot of it also was you just didn't feel comfortable asking yeah like that. yeah yeah mm. uh, very very uncomfortable asking but um there was a whole switch up i i feel like this year was an entire um how do i say it decolonization process for me and music was that outlet mm. so yeah bro that's just deep yeah that's your thesis yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh Full you circle. are just <laughs> <laughs> no what? but the reason i ask and i'm just moved because i have infidelity in my family and yeah, i've yeah. definitely felt that like uncomfortability to even talk about it mm. and the culture of silence is real that i don't even find out about family secrets until years later yes and then and i'm like in the dark and i look at my sister and she's like you didn't know it's like what the fuck how did you know and i'm, I'm just sitting That's is it is it just i'm keep being kept in like oblivious state yes. just to yes. protect me or because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i'm good yeah I'm like, just to make sure that you're, you're fine like that yeah right exactly and and it's not even like of course respect, respect. to my family always i'm mm. not trashing anybody but it is something that is also an issue with not just my dad but like some of my aunts and uncles yeah and i don't find out about them and of course i don't judge them because like i don't know what the hell they've been through i don't know what choices or things experiences they had to go through to make the choices that they made which is why i see it i acknowledge it and i try to ask myself what brought them to that position mm. and how can we um move from that as a family together and what by talking about it mm. yeah it's like being able to open up those communication channels yeah how, how can we so i feel it i feel it because i think the older i get also i realize that they're human right yeah yeah and i thought they had all the answers as i was a kid and they were the adults and now that i'm an adult i'm like bro y'all are probably just as fucked up as me mm. like in terms of like you know not everybody has their shit together right and being able to be patient with them yeah but then also learning how to communicate and even press for answers or yes. questions yes like that i agree it's definitely a learning process even just to ask mm -hmm. like to be transparent sometimes when i even go to some touchy issues with my dad 
I have to do it through like a joke. I'm like, uh huh. So you know, yeah. why didn't y'all yeah. work out like that? And it's definitely like a heavy topic that I feel I've also received a lot of the transference of bad habits, vices, Same or here. like the my sister describes it like just the patriarchy in the philippines like that culture the toxic sides of masculinity being transferred mm -hmm. right and like realizing shit i've acted it out and then now i'm like am i gonna continue the same cycle for the next generation but then realizing that i can stop it but it's a lot of work right mm -hmm. it's a lot of responsibility in ourselves but i definitely feel music is very powerful Yes. That's my thesis. It's gonna be like music therapy. Mm -hmm. I really feel like there's something about it that being able to put our lives, thoughts onto page, paper, and this background of yeah. melodies and beats like kind of reorganizes our mind for ourselves. You're glowing right now, man. Huh? Uh, do you see it? Do you see it for me? What do you mean? I, I have, I don't know, like there's like a, a glow about you. What? Do you see energy? Are you, uh, uh, I, I think it is. Or maybe, I don't, is maybe it? it's the tea. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, like when, when, um, I don't know, when, when someone, when I pick up like vibes from you from like other people, there's like this outline that outlines you, mm. like a light. Let's see it. Interesting. I don't know. Glowing. After Ruby was glowing on stage, after JoJo. Um, but anyways, off the topic, but but yeah, i mean like i have friends who also deal with energy and stuff yeah and i don't see the auras usually but some people really i feel if there is a certain level of being connected with an energy it comes through authenticity yes and yes, i think I that's what people when they are on stage like performing especially their pieces they get in touch with that and i definitely get in touch with it and it's more in tune and aligned when we are able to talk from here mm -hmm. and talk from our original selves that was our yes. like what we were born with before the layers of whatever other bullshit was put towards yes, us. Right. yes yeah yes and there's uh, it's almost like a continuous journey to get back in touch with that original self mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. and then realizing that there are pathways to it and then kind of practicing those habits to get you back in touch with it yeah i really think music is one of those things mm, i agree like i feel like any it could um music or basically like anyone that is doing anything that they love that can be like their outlet as well mm. yeah so like it could be like maybe driving for someone that's mm. like their decolonization process just like you know strolling but yeah <laughs> music so what ha how would you describe your decolonization process oh man i would say maybe i would i think camille said it best shout out to the ramirez sisters uh sisters at the jojo as well uh i think were they said, were they on the beat with you on the track is that uh, the one I on think the on i i i at oh, the jojo is on the jojo. song mm -hmm. and then i shout out to camille in the song as well mm. um we're working on some stuff right now. They're musicians too? They're musicians, yeah. Ooh, man. It's, uh, it's crazy that I'm finally working with them. We've been talking about it for like a year and a half since mm. PCN. Mm. But I had to go through like my own, I guess, process of decolonization, like 
finding confidence again, regaining confidence to like get at their level because they were here and I was like, mm, I don't know if I can work with that yet. But then I caught up to them. Mm. Um, uh, my decolonization process, I think Camille said it's like the five stages of uh, grief. And you start off, of course, in denial and then it goes to anger and then it goes to bargaining, depression and acceptance. I feel like right now I'm in depression. Like I, this year was the toughest year for me just to even admit that I've been through some um, moments of depression. I've been through moments where I really felt like I didn't know what to do. I've been through moments where I felt like I really wanted to kill myself. What, I've been through moments where I would have relapse moments of when, uh, when I was a kid, because as a kid, I was not in this place right now. I'm, I'm not in this place. I truly hated myself to the core as a child because mm. I grew up around no Philippine Americans. Where, where'd you grow up? I grew up here in LA. Um, the only people that I had as Philippine Americans was my family. And that was the only place where I could express mm. me. But going out there, I, a lot of it was outso um, outside sources telling me I couldn't be me and inside sources telling me I couldn't be me. So I was just under a complete mind state of just self-hatred my entire, up until like maybe middle school, mm. elementary to middle school. That's when, when I moved to the Bay, it changed. You moved to the Bay? Yeah. When did you move to the Bay? I moved to the Bay in 2007. And this was when my parents split because of, you know, so my mom has family in the Bay. All her, all her family's in the Bay. My dad's, all his family's here. Where, where in the Bay? I moved to El Sobrante. And uh, I would also like live in Richmond with my cousins. I was gonna go to Pinot Valley, but um, I came back here for high school. Uh, but when I went there, I felt because, you know, here in LA, the vibe is very competitive and very like, you'll find the fakest people, but you'll find the most realest ones because in a sea of fake ass motherfuckers in the city, only the real ones are like here, you know? So I was a fake ass motherfucker and going to the Bay, I got checked hard for it. But the difference between the Bay and here, people didn't make fun of me for being me like they did here. They made fun of me because I wasn't being me in the Bay. Mm. And I grew up from that. I'm like, wow, the people around me are not the ones that are tripping. It's time I'm, I'm starting to see it's me this time because I just try to put a fake persona. I try to be like all that fake. Like I had Jordans and whatnot when I was a kid and in the Bay Area. I went to uh, Juan Crespi Middle School in eighth grade. And after that's in El Sobrante. That's in that's in El Sobrante. Yeah. And my brother went to El Sobrante. Uh, I went when I moved back here. I. Uh, when I moved back here. You know, I brought a little bit of that sauce, that this, and I started to like spot who the fake ass motherfuckers were in LA. Uh, I'm like, when that's, uh, that helped me in, in high school. Uh, now that I think about it, that question, man. Questions. Damn. <laughs> you're damn. You just made me, you're making me retrace everything. <laughs> it's Whoa. A okay. <laughs> but yeah, so. And then so that was a lot of that self-hate, like even coming back here. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of self. I still had it, but it wasn't as severe. Mm. I don't think so. Because you were starting to check even your own fakeness. Yes. And then like it's beginning for you to like assess what is real about you. Yes, yes, like yes. And I feel like 
that in that moment from the bay till uh, my f- second semester of freshman year in college was uh, the stage of denial. What was in the second semester of college? Second semester of college. What caused the shift? Uh, the shift was when, um, so like this is the stage of like, just in life in general, like of the, uh, the decolonization process. Um, denial, of course. Um, anger was next in college. That's when I joined my fraternity. Because from high school, I graduated. I joined here, but I, I still wasn't like as community oriented. I wasn't as conscious or um, challenging the status quo in this country, challenging everything, every type of like thought opinion. I was just in that turn up mode, you know, it was fresh out of high school. When I joined my fraternity, the thing about my fraternity is it gave me a hub for multiple Asian Americans, Pacific Islander Americans, that also was dealing with some type of their own self-hatred. Mm. And it gave us an identity. Uh, what frat is that? Uh, fraternity Alpha Cyro. Is that a Filipino or Asian one? It's, it's uh, mainly Asian American. Mm. But uh, yeah, mainly Asian American. Asian American, not Filipino American. But there are a lot of Filipinos in there. <laughs> so that gave me a hub of identity and empowerment. It, it may have been wrong sometimes, of course. I mean, I didn't do anything like illegal, but. <laughs> Like, you know, or, or anything that's like against my uh, values and what my family's taught me. But, you know, I did grow some kind of masculinity here and there from joining the fraternity. And uh, it gave us, yeah, it gave us a sense of empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> grow a little masculinity here and there. It's like a little succulent. Uh, yeah, I grew my own little masculinity. I got a little Pour bit. a little honey onto like that it. little cat yeah, yeah, yeah. Take two <laughs> shots in a row, you know, it's time. Yeah, man. And then, so that started shifting, but you were saying that that's the anger phase. Yeah, the anger phase was between then and uh, joining Asian American Studies. Mm. Because it may have gave me a hub, I, uh, the hub to like talk with other people that also was dealing with their own self-hatred. It gave me empowerment. It gave me a sense of identity and confidence, of course. But the one thing it was missing was the consciousness, the being aware of the issues that were going on in our communities having that okay we know we're the shit here but how do we why did we have to feel that way what happened before that mm. that's when i joined asian american studies and learned basically the history of everyone coming like what's happened to the the push and pull factors that brought people over here what we had to deal with here generational shit and then how it joined how it came up to my fraternity so that entire time i was angry and um I was just angry with the fact that, like, man, fuck this, like, fuck everybody. I'm just going to be, you're going to do me. I'm going to be my fraternity and whatnot. Uh, but then the stage of bargaining happened when I was in uh, Asian American studies. Because once I started seeing these things or admitting to or, like, recalibrating everything that happened in my past, like, oh, shit, well, that was racist. That was, that was fucked up. Why did I do that? Why did I do this? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do bargaining? I started thinking, I should have done that. I should have done this. I should have been that. I should have done this. I was no longer angry because all that anger was being channeled towards the knowledge that I was gaining from the study to the point where I felt like I should have done something in the past. I should have knew more about this. I should have mm. done that. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that was happening up until PCN. Oh, no, no, not PCN. That was happening up until... 
yeah, it was changing during PCN because it's like, okay, instead of thinking about what I should have done, maybe I should do something about it. Because PCN, um, what Asian American studies had was the consciousness, but they, we don't have like going out to like an organization, uh, like maybe FOSA and learning like more, like we know about the American experience. What about the Philippine? I don't know about the Philippine experience. And that's when I learned from FOSA. Mm -hmm. So like I learned when I joined my fraternity, it was here. Asian American studies told me everything that happened here in America. But then how did we get here? That's when I joined FOSA and I learned, oh, that's how we built here to America. Yeah, now I'm learning more about the Philippine identity. I, the diaspora, the, the, um, the indigenous side of it. And that's when I started tinkering around with the music. Cause like, maybe let me do music this time. Hmm. The bargaining part. So you're saying now, though, you are in like the depression phase. I'm in the depression phase. And uh, how would you characterize that? Why, the why depression that? phase. Because now that when I, the depression phase started when I started taking my music seriously. Because remember how I said that like, uh, Philippine family traditions conflict with music careers there are many points in my life this many times in my life this year alone where I felt that because I'm doing this I'm doing them wrong mm, mm. and I'm still there right now mm, I'm mm. still this year and what what really helped me though was when I did PCN again as a graduate um, shout out to Dom that was another great Dom. PCN. Yeah, Dom, you know, Dom. So Dom Argana, he got a series in the Valley. Check that out soon. Um, Shout out to his girl, Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Cones. What up, Cones? Cones. Cones. Circles. Yo, man, that's crazy. Full circle. Full circle. That's wild. <laughs> so um, his PCN, I wanted to do- We put one big fucking, just, just, Every Filipino in the fucking California is in one we big just family party, bro. We just know. We're just we in different know. rooms of one big house yeah. right now. That's a how little, this shit a is. A big ass hallway it's that's separate. <laughs> it's called the I-5. Yeah, it's like the I-5 that's all the way, the 101. Oh, y'all say I-5? Yeah. You yeah. say the 5. The 5? Yeah. I-101, oh, okay. yeah. the 101. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, did, I didn't start. Oh, what you no, Dom, you're saying yes. the PCN. Um, the PCN. His PCN was was geared towards uh, the issue of mental health and not talking about it in our communities. Depression. Mm. Mm. After that show, I think looking back at it, I feel like I was doing the show because I didn't have to do it, but I was doing it. Not of course, not just for Dom in the community, but I was depressed myself. I was trying to bring back that feeling I got from my first PCN to see if I could energize myself. Unconsciously, I was doing that. I didn't know. I was just doing PCN to do it. And um, it helped me admit that I'm depressed. Uh. I'm depressed because that's what the whole storyline was about. That cast has got to be one of the most stressful, well, my most stressful one compared to the first one. Uh, and very, like, not as motivating. But I'm not saying that to bash that PCN and of course Dom in the cast, but I'm saying it because in order to take one step or three steps forward, you gotta take one step back. And I took a step back, I was in that zone, feeling depressed, admitting that I was going through depression. And um, yeah, it, it helped save my life doing that cast. What, cause sometimes 
people, this is just from my exposure to people's understanding of depression. Yes. Right. Um, it's not as clear for those who have not experienced it or what it is. And even to the point of people who are going through it may not even realize that they are going through something that's really heavy. Mm-hmm. What were the things that you were experiencing that now you would describe as you were going through depression? Mm-hmm. Like what was going through your head? Even, mm-hmm. even yeah, if yeah, context-wise you've already graduated, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're doing this big step of like pursuing music. Mm-hmm. Like from the outside looking <laughs> in, you would think like, dog, this guy's on the hustle, right? This guy's doing his yeah, shit, yeah. right? But what was going on internally that was making you, that now you realize, yo, that, that's been a heavy time. Okay, so one of the most immediate factors was the music that I was listening to. Uh, Daniel Caesar, you know Daniel Caesar? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. His album. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, What's that's on Magic Mike, bro? Yeah, we need a Magic Mike. We need, Mike, we need Magic an updated Mike. Magic Mike with Daniel <laughs> yeah, Caesar song, man. It's all that Daniel shit, Caesar. All Daniel Caesar. Bro, all oh Filipinos will be singing every single one of oh, that, bro. Oh, Jesus, Lord. Ooh, oh, with my a little God. Khalid, bro, they're all gonna <laughs> sing all that, bro. That's the one. That's the you one. You just need to have a, a Magic Mike with Music Soul Child. <laughs> okay. Usher. <laughs> yes. Fucking Trace Song. Voice to Men. Voice to Men. SWV. And then now. Daniel Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Caesar and her. Yes. And her. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Like, what was going on internally that now... That I can... That I triggered now that's like, oh, that was depression. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, the, one of the immediate factors was uh, the music I was listening to. I was listening to a lot of slow, mellow music. Daniel Caesar and her were, like, the only people I was listening to. Sam Smith. Um, slow M- um, MIB, uh, slow OPM songs that would just make me feel some type of realness again. Another thing is the fact that I didn't want to admit I was going through something and not trying to help, not trying to seek help. Mm. Like, this is nothing. Like, okay, I'm sad. I, I, I don't feel good today. Like, what? Who, 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 why would I go out for help for this? Mm. That, that means that I'm probably not doing something that I love. Not going to birthdays not calling work off working overtime because this is also my first time that i used to have someone that worked before me at my job and then he left and then i had to do the stuff myself getting to know everything myself and just how the whole process went and deliver doing the deliveries because uh uh beginning this year it was like a lot um because of my inexperience of course um i felt like i had to be at work to all the time i didn't want to go home i didn't go to palm i live in palmdale which is like 40 minutes away from here that's where my parents go i'm supposed to go there every weekend i wouldn't go there every weekend um i wouldn't see my grandparents as much as i would used to i was literally it was just me and another person that saved my life my alab abigail my partner hey shout out yeah i always go to her place and we were the, the, the wild thing was she was going through some of the worst times of her life too. She too was going through depression at that time. But when we were with each other, it felt like we we're always happy. Because oh. we connected at this low level. That's another thing that, that made me realize. Another one was doing this whole music thing. Um, sacrificing everything that was family oriented because I'm a very, you know, I'm all about just being at my family. Like just with them. 
doing the music stuff and trying to really make a name for myself, I felt like I had to cut that time with them to pursue that. Posting videos every day, lyric videos, editing them myself, not getting sleep. Um, Bro, those lyric videos take fucking forever to edit. So when I saw them on your IG, I was like, is this a motherfucker editing this word by word? Because I've done shit like that and that's time consuming, bro. Yes, yes. Fuck, so you were giving up time with your family to do that. To do that. And of course, I don't want to be like, oh, fuck. Because of course, that's what I want to do. But I always, I felt the obligation that I had to post all the time. Mm. To the point where I was fishing for like likes mm. and compliments mm. and comments and mm. people hitting me up. No, I should just find that within myself. Mm. And um, what, what is, what's, another one? what's another one? And so from there, right, kind of realizing that what brought you a step up? Because you did mention your support there yeah. was your alab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so, like, where is that progression now? From now, realizing that you were in that point, right? And then, what has helped you yes, go yes, on yes. a more positive trajectory? Yes, 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 yes. That's the thing. I'm still going through that right now. Mm. Um, I can only end, well, I'm, like, not where I used to be, like, like when I started depression state. Mm. I'm, like, at a more level-headed one but it's still there i still have my moments of course ups and downs i feel like being being with my manager with my alab with jmar kuya grizz kuya mars the whole squad like that's helping me with this music stuff and then telling me um that i can really do something with this like um them believing in me and then me believing in them we have our scruffles all the time but we all know whose side we're on. And we, uh, it's like me basically trying to, finally seeing that I'm locking down with the people that I'm really gonna be working with for the rest of my life. And uh, my manager, uh, the thing about him, what I love about him, like he may be very business oriented, but he always puts his family first. And the comfort of me knowing that I have him as a manager who's given me a lot of advice about, yo, take some time don't do this for a while don't do that because i would call him i would get mad like for no reason i just needed someone to yell at what did so you get mad about just, like little things about like moving in our career and mm. whatnot why didn't you send me this email why did you forget to do that you said you're gonna do this da, da, da. what i loved is that he took it in and then he responded he never like showed me any type of impatience he might forget a lot of shit and he might be like a head ass sometimes because he's from New York and he thinks he's a shit. Fuck you, Queer Charles. Fuck you, but I love you. You know? You know? But I'm with him because I know for a fact he'll take his shirt off for me. Um, he'll give me the shirt off his back. Queer Grizz, Queer Marv, same way. They, they hold it down. My producers, uh, mm. engineer, uh, they've shown me like the belief as well. They've shown me ultimate kindness in this music and just great people to be around, not just music. Jmar holding it down for me. Always got to give him a tip after like his services, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just starting to see like maybe I'm starting to see family a lot more. That's mm. what also helped, and being mm. with them. Mm. So, so it seems like a lot of that like downtime 
just from what you've told me yeah came from a lot of isolation especially even through work and right now you're finding a little bit more support and stability being around people that are on the same vision same direction and who have held you down in the past Kuya mm. ah. <laughs> power wow. oh my god no bro because Whoa. that's some real shit that's some real shit that the isolation part got me like. i'm only saying that because i've felt that even mm. just this last month october it ain't even past it's just november october was heavy for me bro like just doing work my positions like i'm around people but i'm around them because it's meetings yeah yeah right like and i'm doing work but i'll go back into my room at the end of the day and just like yo i have to grind because i have all these other tasks yeah right and i don't i wasn't at home as much uh, because of work and I couldn't go home to my mama in Daly City from school. Yeah. So like, I really felt down. Like there was like two weeks that I honestly was like, wow, this is the worst I've actually felt in a long ass time. Yeah. And I realized I was not taking care of myself with like the habits. Another thing. The habits, like mm. my journaling or even writing music. That's where I came back to it. That's why I was like, bro, I need to sing. I need to write. I need to freestyle. I need to do these things that have held me down. And I have to run, like even physical body. Yeah. I have to run. I have to get a sweat on yeah. because that's a whole kind of pie where you have different sections of the pie that you have to take yeah. care of. But it really is being around those people. Cause I've been listening more to folks talk about mental health and all that. And we are social animals. Even me, I'm an introvert at heart where I like my energy uh, rebuilt at the end of the day through journaling. Mm. But I can't be isolated. I have to be around people that I truly love. Yeah. And yeah. because that's how we evolved as humans right in tribes with yes. our people and it's very easy to isolate ourselves now yeah. because we have the idea of connectivity through phones right yeah. and then also we have a lot of responsibilities on our shoulders right but at least just from what you've been telling me like bro i was like oh shit that sounds exactly like yeah. what i've felt in the past too and then realizing oh okay my upward mobility is when I ground myself in certain people and mm -hmm. get those good habits in mind yes. and everything. Mm -hmm. So, isolation. like going back to like the reason why we started this uh, topic was my question about where music fits into your decolonization process, mm. right? Mm. So, how, where are you right now in terms of using music in that process of that five step where you're working towards mm. acceptance? Mm. Where music fits in is because during the depression right now, taking my music seriously starting this year with my first single release in March sure. on all streaming platforms, I started to experiment with different styles, different emotions of how I can write mm. a song, different ways that I could approach something. Mm. And through these emotions, I was starting to realize, oh shit, I was mad in fucking sophomore year of college. Mm. Oh, I remember this person did this when I was in fucking high school. Like the music, letting these emotions out in writing and then putting it out there for the world to see. Um, I started to backtrack a lot of moments that I had and I started to realize like, oh shit, this, that, this, that, this, that. And then at the Camille, 
like we also talk about decolonization and then she was telling me like hey so like you know it's all about like five stages of grief and this is that i was realizing yo i don't those stages i feel like i've been through those before and um i'm able to write about everything uh each of those emotions through the music mm. and that's when i start to realize oh because some of the songs i would write about my past and then that's when i start to realize oh that that's probably this stage mm. i was going through it without knowing um if i didn't do music i feel like i would have been stuck in the depression stage mm. or maybe i would have been stuck in the bargaining stage mm. but the music helped me as indicating like oh i was here but if I didn't do music, I would have been there. Mm. Bro, this is gonna definitely go into my thesis, fam. <laughs> like, like, just even talking about like the writing process, uh, this is in a lot of my social welfare classes of like, this is what therapy looks like in terms of making sense and order of our past yeah. and the places that we've been in, even the stories of our parents. Yes. Bro, that second, a track on your i was just listening to it uh the one where you're talking about respect the hustle yeah where you talk about your grandparents yeah. and your parents mm. and then you right yes bro that's a whole fucking like genogram you know what people make in terms of yeah. like putting their family history and making context of their life yes like yes contextualizing yeah. it. yes super super important and like i really see the the power that music has yes. on people in terms of making sense of their life sure. and putting it all together fam. you're just giving me like light not in that way now i'm not saying light is better than dark but like you know like enlightened yes exactly yes. Fam. say that again what? light is not better than dark <laughs> but of course if you are light we're not saying we're better than you uh -huh, but exactly. we're trying to attack the the mentality that of people colorism. think is, yes uh -huh, colorism. Uh -huh. there, there's, a, there's a word for it yes. there's the word, the word in there <laughs> there's a word in there yes love it <laughs> though could you because we're talking about the power of music can you please do another track for us oh this one is just in time play okay cool just in time perfect this is this one's just in time shout out to inara the feature okay. and she can sing I've, i like harmonize her okay okay, okay. gotcha <clears throat> Yo, yo, listen, I'm the kind of guy that bottles my emotions uh. I've been riding tides, going with the motions Super difficult to stay present in the moment Ever since I put the music as my main focus I'm only in my 20s, why do I feel like I'm too late? War in my head, call that a crusade Political climate, feeling like live satire Afraid that all the things I say might backfire But I created this cause I be stressing all the time Wondering what's right and wrong, hope I don't step on the line uh. But I do try to do my best and be hopeful I do bend, but I definitely don't fold like a piece of paper. I achieve peace writing on a paper to unleash into the universe. Yeah, and I know it's all hard. At the same time, I know we got hard. Just take a breath, step back. Remember, I don't always got your back. No, don't be down. Just slow down, no, don't rush cause everything will come in time Right back around Yeah, there you go No, it don't always got your 
Who who is that? That is Inara. Inara, what's her okay. IG? E H N A R A. E H N A R A. R A. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that that song like came at good... the right time. Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. That song. Ooh, this is the first time because I like. I prefer writing alone mm. because I'm scared to show that vulnerable side of me when I'm writing. But this is the first session where we actually wrote with somebody. She likes she she writes alone too. But in this particular moment, we're like, all I knew is that I had the beat. I bought a lease for it, sent it to her. She was like, hey, let's let's start writing tonight. I'm like, cool. Um, or next week or something. After work, went straight there. Uh, we didn't know how to start. We're just jamming. And then she initiated it. She was like, ooh, just take a breath, step back. And, I, and then I go, ooh, remember life don't always got your back. Oh, mm. shit. Mm, mm. And then she said, don't be down. And I said, just slow down. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. And then she goes like, remember. And then I say, remember everything. Wait, what was that? What did I say? Oh, don't rush cause everything will come in time right back around. So uh -huh. that song is called Apples and Karma because don't rush, everything will come in time in life. And when it comes in time, it also comes back around. Apples and Karma. Apples and Karma? Apples and Karma. Ap why apples? Because that is the fruit of life uh -huh. and it's sweet. Apples are good for you. And Karma because I am a firm believer that if you do good, you get good. Mm. If you do bad, you get bad. There's consequences, you know, yeah, <laughs> karma, so. so. Do you believe in karma? I, I do, I do believe in it, yeah. I believe in it too. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no proof. It's right, like, that's yeah, what I was like, well, it's, it's a good way proof. for me to feel like, right. okay. But I like it, I like yeah, it, I like it, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> like, even if I talk about like, oh, the institution of religion is just a form of control and mm. we cannot judge, we cannot believe mm -hmm. this and that. I, I still believe in some shit that can't yeah, be yeah. proved. Yeah. Right? There's, I've been recently also going back to faith. Yes. But not necessarily in the vindictive God, the one that has been used like to kind of control, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. a higher power. It's hard. It's hard when you have this quote-unquote critical consciousness of yeah. the historical usage of religion and even institutions of yes, religion yes, yes 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 but the older i get the more like there's this calling to appreciate and acknowledge some form of higher power yes because and I, agree. I agree but i can't i can't put my i can't say this is it mm -hmm. right most definitely I want to add like this is just a placeholder for the hole in my ear. <laughs> this is like, I'm like I, me myself, like I'm like I'm Catholic, but I don't have the biggest faith. Like yeah. in fact, I've been that's a, a big part of my depression mm. right now is that I don't really know what to believe in. I just know and I acknowledge there's a higher power, something, but I don't want to believe that it's God or Jesus because of all the the stuff in the past that was they you like wars, yeah. Uh, yeah. murder, whatnot, yeah. you know. Yeah how they used him yeah. to justify what they yeah. did. I can't, I can't rock with that. I love this one metaphor or story where it's like, you have these different religions, they're all like different trees. Yes. But they're all pointing to the same direction, which is the sun, mm -hmm. right? You have God in Judaism, mm -hmm. you have Allah in Islam, mm -hmm. you have 
and other religions point to some form of I don't know if it's higher power but something they're all pointing to something and they and these have been here for thousands of years yes right? like so there's something there I would say it's just been co-opted by people who want power yes right and they yes, become yes, institutionalized yes. Or something. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even me I'm on the process of rediscovering it I've recently realized like shit I need to pray sometimes mm-hmm. and just because when you think about it prayer is almost like meditation yeah like yeah, most definitely and I'm like oh so that's why my mom's pretty zen like like she'd be praying right of, of course sometimes it brings on like some unnecessary things of like you shouldn't be gay or like things mm-hmm. that have been used to impose certain things on other people yeah right but when it's used as a form of kind of self-stability and like yeah. um, reflection even and, and principles to live a good life it can be very dope yes I yes and I and I and I, and I rock with that you yeah know, so but I was looking at the earring I was like yeah. oh okay yeah, pretty, yeah. Oh, pretty swaggy though yeah, and I, said, I was like okay not, not the final one like I just need to find the earrings that I'm gonna get for it oh, I have so like a whole way of like I have like a whole plan out for this Bro, your hair be going out too. Yeah, I don't think man. I had your. I saw you with your hair like this. Nah, it was it was. Yeah, cut when you short. hit the the bay, you were nah, like that. Nah, I was thizzing in the bay. I was. I had to have that fade, you know. So, <laughs> this is like it's growing out. I just want to see where it goes. Uh-huh. This growing out my hair is also like a way of teaching myself self love because a lot of my, people in my family is like, when the fuck are you gonna get a haircut? My partner, when are you gonna get a haircut? And then <laughs> like people tell me your hair's so long, but I'm like, I love it. Ah, uh, bro. I would love to grow my hair out. Like, there's something fun about it. Yeah. But I have a hella oily face and head. Mm. So, like, all the shit, I break out way more when I have long hair. Mm. But I remember I had, like, the long-ass ponytail in, like, 2014, 2013. And then I cut it right off before the whole man bun craze. So I was like, fuck, I can't capitalize on the sexiness of this goddamn man bun. And now it'll look like I'm a poser growing it out a year after the man bun came. So goddamn this time, bro. I was like, oh my God, if only yeah, pimples What a hype beast. Up. What a hype beast, I know. What a fucking hipster, okay? You had, the, you had the man bun before yeah. the man bun. Fucking hipster, Filipino, swaggy Pino. Are you on the Tumblr too? Oh my God, the Tumblr days. Bro, no, no, I can't, I can't. I'm done. <laughs> How did you get linked up with the crew that you'll be rocking with now in terms of rap mm. and uh, like these manager also, but especially mm. the local crew that you be? I see you rap consistently with them. Yes, so. yes, yes. So my manager is the reason for that. So um, it all started off. You know what Sunday Jump is? You know the event here? Okay, Sunday Jump is a event that is hosted in Filipino town. And shout out to uh, Kuya Eddie and Ati Stephanie because uh, I know y'all are there. I'll visit y'all soon. But it's basically in like Echo a, um, in Echo, Echo Park, Park. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they have open mic nights, right? And I went there because uh, I wanted to perform. I performed there once, and I loved it. You know, the the energy that I get there and the energy that I give back is just it's utilized in great places. And then I went there a second time. But the thing is, I didn't want to go the second time. I was tired, but my partner said, no, no, let's just go. We haven't been for the past couple months. We said we're going to go. I'm like, all right, all right, let's go. And then next, on my manager's side, 
his, uh, his partner, she's Filipina, they have a daughter, and my manager is black. So uh, Ati Janice said, hey, uh, my friend is gonna be at this event, let's go. He didn't wanna go. So then, do they live here right now? They live here, they, they live in South Central LA, yes. Of course, yeah, yeah. We're good? Yeah. Okay. So my manager actually hit uh no no no. His partner, my partner, convinced us to go. Oh. And we linked up because I performed a piece on Philippine and Mexican identity, how we're the same through Spanish colonization. It's a rap. It's a rap, yes. Mm -hmm. And he watched it because he was he he was managing an artist at the time. He loved what I did, hit me up. He said, if you ever want to work, let's work. And uh, I ended up hitting him up because um, the engineer that I was working at the time was not the engineer that I felt like I should be working with. Uh, you know, different styles of how we work. So I hit him up. I said, hey, do you have a studio around here somewhere? This is at the time when last year when I was trying to get my EP done. I'm like, if you got a studio somewhere, I'm down to link up. He's like, cool, yeah, I, I got some stuff. Like, uh, I'll be back from New York like next week. Let's meet up. I drove to his place, and it's crazy because this is the first time I went to the hood. I was there, I'm like, um, cool, fuck it. <laughs> so I go, I kept an open mind, and it's cool because there, there's, there's a certain beauty about that area. You know, it might look like a very low income community, but at the same time, um, there's just a certain charm to it. Everybody's outside, jamming, music's loud, kids are playing, love it. Complete contrast here in the valley blocked off everyone's yeah. to themselves yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, of course i'm not trying to compare and say what's better but i like it there i go there meet up with his artist they said yo we got a song we're going to the studio this friday you can drop a verse to it you could be the second verse because we have a first verse from this artist third verse from this artist go i'm like cool we go to the studio i record it loved it met the other two artists um we started working together right started shooting the video for that song and that was the very first video that I actually was like, damn, oh, maybe I should keep going with this hip hop thing. And then um, he was trying to find a, he's, he wanted to, he's still trying to build a team around what we could do, right? Cause um, I, there was some discrepancies between him and the other artists. So I guess like they weren't like uh, a pair anymore, but he started working with me. We're still cool with the artists, of course. So um, my manager showed my EP to Kuya Grizz who, would end up becoming somebody that would uh, help pay for my studio time and help pay for the beats because um, he heard my EP. And then he, Kuya Charles also introduced me to Kuya Marvs, who is the producer engineer. He has access, he has everything. He has a studio, he, has, he went to school for, train, for engineering, producing, uh, and he developed his own sound and he's dope. Mm -hmm. like, the way I approach my uh, music would, um, the MC side of it, he approaches it with the producing and engineering. He can hear things I can't hear. I can reach emotions that he didn't even know was possible inside me. <laughs> so I started working with him, started releasing the singles and singles and singles and singles every week, posting every day. And then that's when Kuya Grizz came through after hearing my EP and he wanted to work. Then he came, uh, started to be a part of the team. Jamar, my cousin, he's a videographer for multiple artists. You, anybody could hit him up. Hit him up. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, pop tag, yeah. <laughs> so 
he actually was looking for an artist to work with just to be like stuck with and my manager said you're looking at him MC Zuko and then he was like why didn't I fucking think of that and then I was thinking why didn't I think of that and then that's why we started working together like wherever I go I'm gonna bring him and I want to make sure that he gets everything that he gets so he could get to his dreams and goals because mm. he wants to do vlogs that's what he originally wants to do but he's paying for I mean he's doing videography on the as what it, oh as so like he that. wants to and do like wants, vlogs he wants to do vlogs consistently that's for other people no for himself for himself right. he has a great life mm -hmm. a very interesting and fun life to watch it's just that he needs like a he needs time to do it mm. and he needs money of course and energy and whatnot but he can't do that if he's filming video music videos for everybody else we gonna get there bro mm. i got you mm. you got me i got you mm. but yeah and then that's how our whole team came together and honestly that's all we need right now like producer engineer videographer manager artist boom Dope. And my I love is there as the backbone of all the support, making sure that um, she she buys me food when I don't have money. She drives <laughs> me to places, and I always have her in my mind, my mm. heart. Everything I do is always for her mm. and my family. So mm. I love. Her. Yeah. Do you have another track on this? I do actually, okay. and that's the song is about her. Hey, <laughs> perfect timing. The timing, but you're such a magician. Damn. <laughs> You this, are, mm, man, I'm done. This is the last song, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, pause real quick. I'm going to change the memory card. Sweet, sweet. You are such a, man, I'm done. All right. So, we we're just talking about your alab. Mm -hmm. I guess we have a little special yes, something here do. for your alab. This is my highly, this is the song that's a, has the most plays on Spotify. Oh, word? I think this is probably my, my most well-known song. Oh! Aside from the Putang Inimo. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. it would be the Putang Inimo. Yeah. Uh, this is me experimenting, like, my synthy flow. Uh. Uh, yeah, woo, woo. I think you've heard this? Probably not. Probably, if it's on your Spotify. Is it on the top of your Spotify? Yeah, it's like the highest yeah. plays. Yeah. No, probably. Lorraine, Lorraine reposted it. Yeah. Shout out, best fan. The feature is cold. Hey, did Nico remix this? Is this it? That's Lay With Ya. Okay. That's the one where I'm singing. This okay. one is someone else singing. But yeah. Who's the singer? Brianna Marin. She sells like hooks, choruses, verses. Oh, okay. Yo, sweet like a margarita. If this was love at first sight, I'm playing find this keepers mm. Cause I've been trying to reach ya And I'ma need ya to toss your feet up I'll get deep up in it I'm talking about massages now I promise I will never do you wrong And please forgive me for my wrongs Yeah, and can I stay the night? Yeah, I can stay the night And I'm afraid of heights But I just can't stop falling for you and I don't know how you do it You got me dealing with feelings Meaning I gotta pursue it You a free-spirited individual With the visual, visible characteristics Inexplicably kissable I'm keeping it real Fuck a soul gone challenge I got my own song rapping About your whole darn package Cause you packing a lot And I don't mean it like that I'm talking about the fact that you unbelievably stacked With kindness, good judgment and even better intentions May I mention that you sexy, simple, and selfless? 
and how selfish I can get to get my point across at times, but not as much as you cross my mind. Yeah, here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Temptation. Replay <laughs> everything full performance. Full performance. <laughs> get your costumes out. Get everything. We got to explain. Change. We got to get a crowd here. We got to get food. Uh, Jmar, bring the vlog in. Jmar, get the vlog. <laughs> there we go, man. How did you meet your Alab? I met my Alab because mm, remember when I joined the fraternity? Uh. She joined the sorority the same semester. Uh. And she was with somebody at the time, but I always had some type of feelings for her, but I wasn't that kind of guy to, like, to just try and ruin what they had. When I, found out, when I found out she became single, of course I didn't swoop in automatically. I actually took like, everyone but her knew that I liked her mm. because of just the way I was always like nice and um, the way I always got shy. She was the only person that didn't know. Everybody else knew. But I, but I, everyone was telling me, oh, make that move. Why are you being such a, excuse my language. Why are you being such a pussy? Why are you being such a bitch? And I'm just like, yo, just let me take my time. And mm. yeah, I just gotta wait. This, she's got to, out of a, like, how many year relationship? And I got a lot of confidence to build up first. <laughs> uh, uh. So I waited like a year and then like a couple months. And then that's when I asked her, hey, you want to go to formals with me? I asked her through a dance. And formals is basically when a new class is joining, going to be initiated to, into the fraternity. I wanted her to be my date. And that, from there, is history. Mm. I held her hand there. We had our first kiss. Yeah. Okay. Okay, shout out. I, I Thank you like to your frat and sorority. Mm -hmm. That's how it usually makes up, yeah. right? We have a uh, shout out to folks up in SF State who I hear a lot of stories where their Filipino fraternity dates the Filipina sorority. Oh, like, so, I'm so, so done. <laughs> I'm so done. That's like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute because you've been doing that. <laughs> Yo, it's so cute. Like, I just love that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Like when they meet and the, oh, my heart. My heart. So, and then, so how long have y'all been together now? Actually, today's our 52 months. Today? Exactly. 52, 52 so months. Four Was years that? and four months. Damn, you know, four, you know the actual number of the months. Yeah, four years and four months. Do you count the months? You count the months? We count like, the months too. So you like, do your months first, of first Yeah, years? at first so it was like every 21st. Every 21st is the month. Oh, at first we're like, if we count the months, that means we're not serious about it. But then now it's like, let's count the months. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's it, it makes it it makes it seem more like a lot. 52 yeah, months, fifty-two you? months. I didn't even know that. That I was like, that's a lot. But then you say four years, and I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. That's yeah. a long ass time. We both look bro. up to our parents for mm -hmm. for like uh, just like how they just hold things down through all the hardships and whatnot. And we we want to do what they did, build upon it acknowledge their faults but also forgive everything them and ourselves and we try to be like mm. better for the next generation if you don't mind sharing 
You mentioned a while ago that your parents split. Yes. Did they come back together? They came back together. Yes, they came back together. They, they're, uh, they came back together after a year, oh. and they're, they're still together to this day. How was that process for you as a kid seeing a separation and coming back? I didn't know what life was. Like I was like, I was. It was really hard for me to come to grips with the fact that I'm gonna potentially just live with my mom for the rest of my life. Like, it's it's very hard because it's like it's apparent that you love your dad, but your dad doesn't love your mom. It kind of makes me feel like I had to choose. And then at the time they were both, you know, emotionally just weak, spiritually weak. It. My mom would make me kind of try and choose her. Mm. My dad would try and make it seem like he didn't do a bad thing. But um, I'm glad that they worked through it. Um, some some stuff happened again this year. Uh, and I finally like, I guess like. I, I told my dad what's up. Like I came up to him one day. I felt like I, I really had to do it, uh, cause he, he, kind of messed up again. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know. Was it this year? Was it last year? But I kind of went up to him, uh, and I said, "Hey, um, I just want to let you know that when I grow up, I'm, I'm not gonna be." You're not the man that I want to be when I grow up. Mm. And then I think I've seen the the pride in his eyes just diminish and be replaced with like some kind of epiphany when I told him that. Mm. Because like it's been happening, you know. Like it would happen. I remember it happened uh, when I was in elementary. It happened when I was in middle school, when I was in high school. Um, an incident happened in college. And then as a graduate, this recent one, I told him that that was something I wanted to tell him all these years. Like, like how it relates back to the question you asked me, were you just afraid to like speak up? And I felt like I had to say, tell him at that moment. And I didn't mean it like, I'm not going to be like, you, you're a horrible person. He was a great dad. He's a great dad. Mm, mm. So not the best husband, but I told mm -hmm. him, like, you're not, that's not what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I think after that, it just made us closer to this day. Because he actually recommended, like, I think the Bohemian Rhapsody music uh, movies out. He said, it felt great to hear him say, hey, you should watch that because you might pick something out that could help you with your career. And I was like, damn, I never thought I'd hear that. Like, <laughs> You know, or like, man, every time he sees me, he's like, hey, MC Zuko. And it's like, when's your next show? When's this, that? I'm like, wow. Whoa. Interesting. First, thanks for sharing, bro. Thank you. This is a lot. It's very heavy. Yeah. Um, but it, you telling him that made y'all closer. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, because that sounds like a very heavy thing to say like almost you said the pride diminished in the sense but yeah. it is your truth in the sense of yeah. like his actions you don't want to 
let that define also you and how yeah, you're going to yeah. play out, right? Yeah. Why do you think that made you closer? Because I would have initially thought that that's going to be a like a, like a fuck you. Oh yeah, yeah. Because when before I told him, I be, um I said, Dad, you know. Um, I first of all I asked him like, how could you, you know? And then he's he didn't say anything because he knew he was wrong. But then when I told him, I made sure that I looked him in the eye and I didn't say it in a way that I was attacking him. I just said, when I grow up, I'm not gonna be the man that you are. And I know he heard like, like honesty and sincerity in what I was saying. And the reason we got closer was because everybody around him telling him not to do it again, it just wasn't working through the years. And I knew that if he heard it from his own seed, uh, especially like him, he, He's the firstborn, and he's a son. I'm the firstborn, and I'm the son. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, that's I'm the shit or whatnot. But there's some kind of like relatability and some kind of connection that we have. That's like, if I'm telling him, for him to hear it from somebody that he brought into this world, it just kind of like, he was like, what the fuck? Like the person I've been teaching raising my whole life is now telling not telling me from a point here but telling me from a point here mm. i think he realized that's when he knew that i became like, i'm not i'm not that little boy anymore and if i have a problem with something or if i have an issue i'm gonna tell you and i think after that like and the fact that he knew about my music career and the fact that now we can just talk about whatever it's like we got closer that way because I feel like, you know, the step back, forward, three steps forward. Sorry, I'm like studying, stuttering. Um, yeah, we got, we got closer because that's something he needed to hear from his mm. his own child, mm -hmm. the person that he loved. You know, the kids. And whatnot, mm. so. Man, like that's exactly what I kind of viewed my own father like, realizing that he's human. And he was a great father, great father, not a good husband. And then learning to accept that. But bro, I gotta say, you're even a step ahead in terms of being able to communicate that disappointment with your father. Yeah. Right? I personally have not directly said, I would say I, would say I was disappointed that they didn't work out. I've told him that. And I can tell that like, it's been something that he definitely does not want to talk about it because he loves me as a kid, as a son, and doesn't want to disappoint me in a sense, and knows how much I love my mom and how much that grinds on me, like that happened, right? But what sucks, bro, is that I ended up being um, unfaithful in my last, last relationship, and like, Realizing, I remember going back to my sister and then like, after, and then crying to my sister and saying, bro, what the fuck did I just do? I'm repeating the same shit that broke up our family and hurt the people that I loved, right? And then kind of like 
trying to deconstruct that like even up to this day i'll say i have my addictions that i'm working hard like it's an everyday battle everybody to, like step away from patterns from behaviors that ain't healthy for me in the long run and it's like i'll say conversations like this super helpful realizing like we ain't alone, right? That's yeah, our couple yeah, shit. Like, yeah. we ain't alone. Kuya power. Kuya power. Hey, hey, we need more of it. Yeah. <laughs> we need like, more of it. <laughs> like, realizing, okay, we ain't alone in this. But because of the culture of silence, even not talking about the infidelity in our families and by the men that we love and look up to, yes. not talking about that allows those shit to be re reproduced. Mm. And it ain't good it ain't good for us ourselves i think and for the next generation that be coming up yeah. that be putting certain people up in on pedestals that are reproducing the same unhealthy habits or patterns yeah. so i hella appreciate you i hella appreciate you for opening up and being being honest and being upfront about these struggles because like hearing it is super important especially from people we respect like like bro from the from like a objective like just swaggy shit view you on your game of like rap and a lot of res respectability with you as a person and your hustle and grind and then seeing the other side right the yeah. things that we would um nor uh traditionally judge as soft yeah. right to be open to be to analyze like yes. where we come from the struggles the depression mm -hmm. the fucked up things in our families right that have been pushed into a box of silence yeah. because of past trauma because of our culture and i think it's super important that we be putting it out there and you even put that in your music i know i've heard certain lines that be talking about your family and the issues there and yeah. i don't even shout out to out the ruby she be putting that shit and hers about her pops, bro. <laughs> like, replaying that, I'm like, God damn. Fucking queen. Oh my God. Like, and going through that process, like her talking about her relationship with her pops, yeah. right? And then hearing it, imagining that that's being reproduced and like, but her process of healing through it, through the music, is also helping others heal through yes. it. I know. So much props, bro. Fucking love it. I love the grind that I want to see what the next step is. What is the next step? <laughs> the next step in terms of what? Life? Music. Mm -hmm. So tell me, talk a little bit about your most recent uh, EP, right? Because none of these songs were on that EP. Oh, the, oh yeah. The mixtape. Uh, yeah. The Actually, most Apples and Karma was. Apple, the last one. The, oh. the one with Inara. Okay, okay. But majority of these weren't. You have a whole recent uh mixtape that's out on soundcloud yes. right now with one of my favorite songs putangino mo mm -hmm. right yeah like with, <laughs> it was like Pandesa, da, 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 like Pandesa, like Valerius Pandesa. I wanted to go buy some. Jose <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, okay, yo, yo, okay, yo. okay like, throw, throw it in there. I have a Valerius in the city. <laughs> okay, okay. Bro. I've seen the one right here in Seafood City. Yeah, there's the North off, too, right? Bro. Yeah, over here. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the spot, babe. <laughs> Tell me a little bit. Uh, we're closing off uh, oh, a little bit. Um, 
tell me a little bit though about this most recent project okay um whatever thoughts you have about it and then where it where your direction is going right now the mixtape is basically that sums up my heart my soul everything in that mixtape uh because earlier this year when i was releasing singles i made a vow to myself and publicly which is something i don't do anymore i don't try to like publicly say what i'm going to do in terms of music because everything's fluid it might change so i was like i'm going to release um a single every week da -da 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 -da. to the point like of course like i said i was going through depression very critical this mixtape actually helped save my life now that you, now that you asked the question holy shit fucking questions man god <laughs> damn okay this is the reason why i made this mixtape was because i was like i want to craft 10 songs and these 10 songs will be for the next 10 weeks so i can like lay off because uh, you know you know like the whole uh, singles uh, thing i made this in three weeks i got the beats i recorded everything and basically it's it has a lot to do with like family it has a lot to do with my like bringing up issues not attacking issues but bringing up issues um and that's it and then like the traditional hip-hop sound of it and me testing like my emotions like the anger and mm -hmm. the the sadness and foundations the hopefulness and respect the hustle the cheesiness and somebody get a nurse mm. yeah that's what that that's what this mixtape did for me it made me be free for 10 weeks and realize i don't need to be fucking doing this so after that i just stopped releasing singles and i stopped talking about what i'm gonna do and just instead do it in terms of the trajectory of where i'm going i want to make music now that is like um i want to make music that can be consumed not just by the philippine american community mm. i also want it to be consumed by all audiences in america because if i'm going to make it in this career and make the type of money that i'm aiming to to give back to the community um i have to gear i have to make sure i don't compromise my lyricism authenticity the artistic side of it the creativity um keep that but deliver it in a way not not dumbing down but deliver it in a way where people will understand and relate to what i'm saying and they can bump it at a party and mm. they can bump it at a club and it goes mm. like like what e40 says that shit mm. goes <laughs> so that's the challenge now mm. from here on out i don't want to do singles singles was like great but that's not the kind of person i am there's so much to the story that i have to say that has to be spread out in a project so each uh each release I do now is just going to be a, uh, an album. Mm. But I do have some, like, you know, some other singles that are kept in the vault that were supposed to be released after the 10 weeks. We'll get to those next mm. year. But for mm. the meantime, I'm not releasing any music. I'm just working on performances, interviews, and uh, music videos. So you wrote this most recent one in three weeks? Um, most of it, yes. Damn. Two songs, like I said, remember when I asked you the question earlier when I would write a song and then I had to find a beat? That was Kui Jericho. Mm. Uh, my, the greatest lyricist Phil I'm lyricist I yeah, ever yeah, yeah. personally knew passed yeah. away and I wrote about him I just didn't know the beat when I found it just laid, up, laid on there just had to change the tempo uh, yeah but the other songs that I also wrote beforehand was like uh, what wow the majority was written the majority of them were, in was written in the three, three weeks, weeks. I, was, I came up with it in Father's Day I'm like I need to release these because it was going to be like three weeks until where I would have to have the 10 weeks. Like, all right, I got to get everything done. So in the studio, paid, boom, boom. My dad actually helped pay for studio time too. Mm. I paid him back, of course. Mm. Um, yeah, so 
that's how that's how that came to be and i was like all right 10 weeks i'm gonna do nothing <laughs> hey it was a solid project bro thank a you solid very much. project thank you very much. i know now there's some stuff you gotta watch out with that nico stephen remix yeah, bro man. you be hitting yeah, up yeah. folks up in the bay i'm trying to see those collabs you did something with um Burra beats too yeah right another temptation that's one of the singles we released oh that's his yeah the one, of, one of those yeah uh another temptation and we shot a music video for it too wait so the one that you performed that's just temptation that's just temptation okay so yeah the other, the other one was another, another temptation. temptation oh okay and the which one is the one is another temptation the one that you're talking about being tempted by to cheat yes it, yes that right? one that one actually if you listen to the song i'm not talking about cheat. well initially it sounds like that it sounds like it yeah. but give it a couple more okay, listens okay, 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 okay. but i wanted to relate like kind of throw in like that that issue of infidelity in the yeah community. yeah just yeah. there yeah <laughs> yeah that's the one that i felt like that issue being there yes right so i was like oh okay okay I'm, i didn't know if that was on if that was another verse to this mm. or if it was um in the was that part of the most recent mixtape um was that was actually like the one of the singles that i released mm. there's the singles the mixtape yeah bro just hit my mind that find your peace song yes bro legit when i was struggling through like a week Man. i was listening to it like legit there were some lines in there that was like helping me base my mind oh, man. and like i really feel music is a certain wavelength that vibrates on a certain frequency yeah. which technically sound is right but incorporating the the melody the messages and the words linguistically yes. like how it enters into our brain it can get us to different states most definitely and i think that find your peace definitely helped me get at least a step oh, or two above from a low spot bro my life is complete that's, bro that's all that matters to me so i definitely that's why i love encouraging people to put shit out and share because <laughs> that's power right that's power in there yes and it's definitely. power for our community that you're putting it out there right and mm -hmm. we need to see more of that yes closing off i like asking what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a younger self to a younger self yes and you could span it out whether that is the one who who before middle school was super self-hate or the one who's going through like realization of fakeness or the one also in anger phase mm. and even maybe the younger self from like most recent year of being oh, down or man. depression what are three things that you would like to say in terms of pieces of advice that hopefully and most probably will be relatable to other folks because these are universal yes experiences. yes yes, right? yes. Uh, one of the first pieces of advice is uh, always um, you are good enough so whenever you enter doing something that you feel like you shouldn't do because you feel like you're not gonna be good don't let that stop you from actually trying because that's in your head you didn't even start doing the thing yet you're good enough just go for it um everything um life is like this life is a roller coaster as cliche as that may be as that may be life literally you have to know this 
in order for you to know what this is. Yeah. You have to know what this is in order for you to know what that is. So take life as it is and don't be, you know, just acknowledge that when you're feeling down in the moment, just know that, oh, this is something that will pass. I just have to experience it in order for me to get back up there. And the last thing is, um, don't stop smiling. Mm. Don't stop smiling. Don't stop smiling, like telling the corny jokes, being you. Because mm. there was a point in my life where I, in the, like in the, den not the denial phase, the denial phase, I did it a lot, you know, <laughs> because the denial phase was me basically like, just like coming to grips with the fact that I was, that, that the self-hatred was happening. But in the anger phase, I wouldn't smile a lot. I would try to be that hard dude in the fraternity. In the bargaining phase, just because you couldn't do something in the past doesn't mean you shouldn't let that haunt you right now. You know, while you're hanging out with all your friends who end up all going to graduate school and you're the one that's going in music, should've, you should have just been more in present in those moments. Um, and right, um, well, I'm in the depression stage, but I've been smiling a lot more. Mm, <laughs> just mm. keep smiling, keep saying those corny jokes. Mm. Like you said, there's a certain level of intelligence, intelligence you need to have to those. initiate and even uh, think of it on the spot exactly, for people to be like, exactly. to decide if they're going to laugh or not. Like, <laughs> that's the fun. Yeah. And the follow up when it really is cheesy and bad, get yourself out of that hole, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's another, there's another level to that, It's right? like, okay, it's not good? Okay, okay. I'll try again later. <laughs> for sure. Thanks, bro. Do you have any shout outs to folks? Oh man, there's so much. Oh, I want to give a shout out to, of course, my family, mm. my Alab, um, the music, the music squad. Y'all know who you are. I want to give a big shout out to, of course, Kuya Chris for the platform, for the opportunity. It's just, I hope that you learned as much about yourself just as much as I learned about myself just talking to you. Word, you know? word. And a uh, big shout out to the Philam community, um, especially in the Bay Area. You know. Because if there's, a, an, if there's cities like South San Francisco, Vallejo, Concord, um, if there's cities that where we get the least amount of orders of lighting products, it's the Bay Area. Oh, least amount of orders. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby. The most is here in SoCal and Las Vegas. <laughs> SoCal, Las Vegas. And I wholeheartedly believe it's because y'all are tight up. Like, I see it, bro. Y'all got it going on. Keep going. We gonna handle what we got going on here, and then we gonna have something happen in the future. But <laughs> the least amount is in there. Is okay. so every time I get a South San Francisco order, Daily City. Oh, they they just want like efficacent oil. Okay, you know? oh, and then, and then okay. like I get it from Valley Joe. Oh, they just want like six pieces of soap. Okay. Oh, oh and then I get it from you know it's like interesting. Okay, LA. 10 pages. <laughs> okay. Las Vegas. See, we, we, we encourage a man hustling and he has to have his job. And, but the goal is to kill the whitening industry and find him another job. All the time. Support his music and kill the whitening soap industry, fam. Yes. Let's go. Most definitely. Most definitely. Of course, but to my employers, I love y'all. We'll have you find another yeah. product, bro. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. But at the same time, you know what you want to do. Go for that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the goal. <laughs> so, thanks, brother. Much right. love, man. I love it. Much Woo. love. Whoosh.